Hello, guys. So this is another episode of the Level Up Academy podcast. I hope that you're loving each and every single episode. It is great to get messages from you of how this is helping you in the gym, helping you be more productive, helping you just be in a really good place mentally. I know that in like everyday world, it can sometimes be hard to have these growth-minded thoughts, hard to stay motivated, hard to stay locked in on the vision so i hope that this podcast uh is continually bringing you that okay also as well i'm about to cough and i'm sorry if i cough throughout this i still am recovering uh from a little bit of sickness so i am so apologies if i uh, blow your eardrums out halfway through but uh yes today we have on aaron um my relationship aaron's been it's it goes way back, so it does, and uh, you're gonna learn a lot. Aaron is an absolute operator, and yeah, so Aaron's pretty much um came on board to the academy a few years ago, um as a client. He's done extremely well, been a massive success story. Um, he's then went on and progressed as a coach, and now more recently. He's been helping us out um, with a lot of the background. So again, this podcast, you have to uh, thank Aaron for. He's the man uh, uploading things and stuff. But more importantly, he's been helping us um, run our, our service. He's been building out systems. He's been building out the automations. He's been um, giving us ways that we can do things better, sharper, more effective, um, which has been epic. And it's allowed for us to deliver more to the guys and get a better result so yeah Aaron welcome on to the podcast um yeah uh, tell the guys a little bit about yourself tell the guys um yeah just give them a little bit of a backstory yeah thanks for having me Ben so yeah as you said it goes years back so I actually first met Ben when I was a coach and he was part of the coaching team and I reached out to him we were chatting and then eventually I became a client of Ben's and I was in the academy for about two years was it maybe around mm-hmm. two years that I was there and then after that then I started helping out with some bits inside or just started off with small little things to do with some automations and things and then um, up to now a kind of more present um, kind of place in the business helping out with a lot more stuff but just a bit of a, a background on me I'm a, I'm a dad I have two kids uh, so life can be pretty busy um, I also run my own business as well. I used to be a coach. I was a coach for about six years. I was in person for four years. And then after that, I moved online for about two years. And then after that, then I moved on to a new business, which was a kind of systems and automations business for coaches. So still kind of serving in the same industry, but just slightly different. So I'm kind of serving coaches rather than the clients. But yeah, things can be fairly hectic and um and, and all trying to manage everything sometimes. So I hope I'm going to be able to give you a bit of value on um, how exactly I manage all this kind of stuff and apply some of the systems that I use in my work to help you essentially get better results for yourself and be able to progress. Awesome. I love it. So guys, what we're going to dive into today is how Aaron stack on an absolute shit ton of muscle and uh, his transformation over the last few years. We're then going to start uh, dive into a little bit about how he manages things because 
Aaron is one of the most productive people that I know. And I want to dive in and see how does he manage this? Is he doing some mad scheduling? Like, what is it? What's the, what, what makes this man hyper productive? And then as well, for all the coaches, we'll dive into a little bit about how Aaron can possibly uh, make your life um, more streamlined, easier, and uh, give you back energy and uh, time. So I suppose Aaron, like, Day one, coming into the academy, what was it that attracted you to it? So coming into the academy, I think the biggest problem I had, had, like I was already a coach when I came into the academy. I'd gone to college for five years and everything like, you know, nutritional and training knowledge was there, but it was accountability and implementation of it. Like I had all the knowledge and everything there, but it was just getting myself to actually do it because at the time, I was self-employed and anybody who is a business owner knows how hectic your schedule can be and how easy it is to put off other things because you'll say, I'm not getting this training session done. You know, I have to get this work done instead. And your scheduling can be all over the place then. And that doesn't really sit well with me. Like I have to be very organized. I'm one of those people that will be having panic attacks if I wake up like half an hour late. So everything has to be organized and routine and scheduled for me. So when I was chatting with Ben and I was watching all his content, I was like, you know, I really kind of vibe with the kind of message that he was putting out there. So got in contact with Ben and I, I signed up and I said to him at the start, you know, like it's not about training and nutrition. It's about my routines, making sure that I actually stick to this and I stay accountable. And that, that's kind of exactly what happened. So when I joined, the goal was to, to get consistent. But behind that, it was to build muscle. And I think over the space that I went from like 67 kg, which was fairly lean at that point, to about 78 kg at the, at the same level of leanness. Now it wasn't quick. It's a slow process putting on muscle, but it was the consistency because I had been training for 10 years previous to that and very minimal progress. I think I when I started training, I was about 55 kg. So I had put on a significant amount of weight compared to that but over the years then there was no real progress going further off that so that's kind of what spurred me to join the academy and then after that then it was just being around the other people that really kind of kept me on track because when you're in the academy you are kind of around other people who are in similar positions it's like there is a wide range of people inside there but there is a general kind of theme of like ambitious people who kind of want more and they're not really settling for the kind of norm and you know, I found that really, I, I want to say like inspiring without, you know, feeling all airy fairy, but it was, you know, you're around other people who were trying to do bigger things as well and it kind of kept you on track and motivated too. Lifts your vibration of like, right, I'm going to get shit done. And uh, as well, it lifts your standard of what you expect for yourself. Yeah, you're exactly. It was it was having those standards and and raising them to make sure that like, you know, even from the simplest things like, you know, having your standards around your day, making sure that you had your day planned the night before. That was a standard because when I didn't do it, you know, I had more anxiety. I didn't know what I was doing for the rest of the day. I was less productive. And then for me, I was always picking business over training and nutrition. And that's when my training and nutrition suffered. So having those standards and then like the standards with the food and your training, you know, like you can have, you know, one bad meal, but you're never having two in a row. You know, you'll hear Betty mention that all the time. You know, all these little things is really what makes the big difference all the time. And like, what do you think, like, 
you were training for a long time before and you were it wasn't like you were out of shape you were in great shape before the academy yes we accelerated that the new levels but what do you think was like the catalyst other than i suppose like accountability but what else would you say was a catalyst for that sheer amount of progress in that time period because it is like if you've seen Aaron's photo somewhere in the on in the content, it's fucking class. Like you, I would describe it as like you went three D. <laughs> like you just got <laughs> bigger and bigger and fuller and stronger. Like what would you say was the biggest catalyst that allowed that next level of progress, the faster progress? I think if I had to put it down to anything, it's the attention to it. So it's putting a lot more focus into the training and a lot more focus into nutrition, being very intentional with everything. You know, it's very easy to go into the sessions and just kind of go through the motions. But if you're not intentional with it, being like before the session going, right, when I'm doing bench today, these are the numbers I have to try to hit. When I am doing squats today, this is what I'm trying to do with the nutrition. Are you actually tracking your calories? How many grams of protein did you actually hit for the day? Being very, very intentional with all these basics. Like, you know, getting in shape is very very simple it's just not easy you know so being very intentional with the simple basic things that was you know what actually made the difference i i i 100 agree and like the thing with I, that from my side iron that allowed for you to achieve that i would probably describe it as like let's say you get points for every little habit that is positive towards your goal like you were taking off some of the points, but being in the academy and coaching and having your progress logs and everything else just meant that you couldn't coast and not like miss some of them. So it was like all of a sudden it became a must that I have to look at my steps or look at my calories or I have to hit PBs or I have to get a video of this or I have to get into my, like, and you were in a really cold uh, home gym in the winter, like, have to stay have to do those extra sets like i couldn't zone in and be like oh i'm 40 minutes in i've done enough like it just it became i think like you were scoring probably like 50 percent of the points but then just that heightened being in the container the coaching container it just meant right i'm consistently 80 to 100 percent of all those little we won points and when you miss the point there was a faster bounce back to get those points back Exactly. And like, it was knowing that like somebody was there watching, you know, somebody was looking at my true coach to see what weight I actually put in for the overhead presses. I remember like, I thought I did great with overhead presses. I And then Ben was like, yeah, let's get three sets of eight on that minimum with that weight. And then it was that little trick being like, all right, you know, okay, let's try to get that over the next few weeks and kind of set that as the standard. And as you said, like training in that cold shed, that, that anabolic shed, it was uh it was rough sometimes it was very easy to call it quits um you know to be like oh yeah i did my basic exercises that's going home but when you know somebody is watching all the little details of everything that you're doing you know you're going to be more consistent with it a hundred percent and i think for you like again you were in a good spot before but i think when you saw the visual of mike you were like that's the path that's what i want to do and then on consistently, like you said there about the overhead press, it was just reinforcement. That's the next step. Like you're on the path, but it's just like, here's the next step to take here. And you saw it in your mind where you saw, oh, that's a good result. I could do that. I could do something similar. And then consistently, like just someone said, there's more, just squeezing like the extra 1%. 
exactly yeah shout out to shout out to the big man mike it was mike's <laughs> photo that i seen and i was like yeah i'm gonna reach out to ben and, and join um but yeah it was just like getting those last little bits dialed in like there was already like a massive foundation of 10 years of training and, and being a coach myself but it was just getting those last bits dialed in and i'm sure some of you listening right now know how to train you know how to eat you know you should be doing these things and you're making a fairly good go at it but it's those last little details that will provide that consistency to actually get the result now there's two things i want to touch on is like i sensed as well with the muscle mass that the reason why we didn't like the reason why we were that we made that amount of progress much faster was because you actually committed and went all in and I sensed that before there was a little bit of indecision with gaining and really like hitting your calories every day and things like what were you, what would you say were the barriers like what would you say to the Aaron on before the academy who wants to stack on loads of size wants to get stronger like what would you say to him about just actually getting that transformation like what advice does he need to hear like what what would you give him to say right this is what you need to do to gain that amount of muscle. Yeah, you especially when it comes to building muscle. Like when you're losing body fat, you'll get away with some off days, you know, and you can make up for it with more of a deficit and stuff like that. But when you're in a gaining phase, you really have to commit to it and consistently commit to it. Because if you're supposed to be consuming, let's say, or I think it was about 4,000 calories by the time you're in the peak as well, it's hard to do. And if you miss a day where you're on 2,000 calories, then it's very hard to make up for that 2,000 calories of a deficit that you should have had, you know? So you have to really commit to the consistency of it and be okay with the slower progress of building muscle and be okay with actually gaining some body fat and your appearance changing. Because when we want to build muscle, you know, often we think, yeah, we're going to build muscle and we'll still look lean. You are going to put on some body fat. It's, it's kind of inevitable. So it's being okay with your physique changing like that and putting on a little bit of body fat, but being patient with it and actually committing to the process, not trying to build muscle for four weeks, seeing a little bit of body fat going on and going, oh no, I don't like this. I got to go lose some body fat. And you're just going in circles, which was essentially me for years before that, where I'd go and put on a little bit of body fat and then I'd say, don't like this. I have to go back. But committing to that process and knowing you are making the, the right steps, but you know, just staying consistent with it. And if you, if we went back to like, try to imagine yourself back in that process, because the result is incredible, but what did you tell yourself when you felt like you weren't getting progress? Because I'm sure there were times, because like you said, it did take time. It was slow. Like, don't get me wrong, compared to the 10 years before it was fast, not, but in it like in the actual fat loss is a lot quicker but what did you tell yourself when you're like oh am I actually getting anywhere like am I moving forward like this is fucking taking ages like yeah will I ever get this yeah it can be it can be easy to feel like that when you are building muscle because you know as you're saying you know it, it is a lot slower <clears throat> but you have to look at other data markers because when you're losing body fat, you're normally looking at the scales and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're feeling leaner and all this kind of stuff. And it's great because it's much faster. But when you're building muscle, you know, you're starting to get bigger, but you're also starting to look a bit fluffier and you're like, oh, I can't really see those abs as much anymore. And you're like, am I just getting fat? 
you know so you have to look at those other data markers so are you looking at your body weight gain on average are you looking at the amount of strength that you're gaining are you looking at how your clothes are fitting are you looking at how you're looking in the mirror it's all these other markers and then looking at it as just objective data you know that's all it is it's it's data you shouldn't have any feelings attached to it or anything like that you're just looking at the data so when you're not sure if you're actually progressing if you don't have the data to look at, of course, you're going to feel a bit disheartened, but actually being on plan and being consistent and having that data to look at, you can objectively go, well, I'm not sure I'm making progress. You look at this, you go, well, I'm stronger on my bench, my squat, my deadlift, I'm five kg heavier, you know, I'm lifting more than I ever did before, you know, I'm obviously making progress. And then it will help you stay consistent and keep committing to that process. Love that. And... You mentioned earlier on that you were self-employed. You've now got two children at the time when we were coaching. You had one wee one. And I think one of the biggest barriers for your hurdles was managing everything and sometimes getting slightly stressed. Now, from what I hear, and like you're absolutely crushing it now, like you're David Goggins mode, running every day. You're holding yourself accountable. You're I, like you're ours. You're super productive on everything. But like I did see that sometimes in regards to back then. Now this was a few years ago that me and I worked together. Um, but yeah, like how did you manage? How did you develop? Like how did you develop that ability to still like train, still do well when you're stressed, when you have loads on, when you don't feel like it? Like just, yeah, like what advice would you give to someone? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the people always say like, you know, oh, it's all about priorities and everything. But at the same time, there is only a certain amount of time of the day. There is only a certain amount of things that you can get done. But it's making sure that you're being efficient and there's a process behind it. You know, like if you look at your training, if you train for, five hours per week it's only about like three percent of your total week you know it is very little but those five hours can feel like a lot to commit but at the same time if you looked at your netflix or your screen time on your phone i'm sure you'll find five hours there somewhere but for me really it was just following a process to to manage my day you know i knew the amount of commitments that i had every week i knew on these days i had to do these things i knew i had to do this with my wife i had to do this with my kids and it was just looking at those and then seeing right what is priority number one planning it into the calendar priority number two and working along like that and then using like scheduling software and planning software and stuff like that to make sure that any time of the day i always know the activity or the thing that i'm supposed to be doing you know that really makes a difference for me like it's i use like a, a tree 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 method i think it was it was on the system Sunday email. I'm not sure I can uh, and get back to you on that, but it was essentially that, you know, you have the three hour activity that you're going to be doing. So that's the thing that really pushes your business forward. So that's the way I plan it. So I pick one activity. It's three hours long that really pushes my business forward. That's like hyper-focused during that time. In that time, I get more done than sometimes I would in an entire day of not being planned. Then I have three kind of maintenance tasks so it would just be three tasks that I have to do every single day. For some people in their work, it could be like answering their emails. For some people, it could be something to do with social media or getting back to clients or anything like that. And then the last one then is just three smaller tasks, just things that need to be done, but they're not massively high on the priority list. And then that's essentially how I manage my work throughout the day. And then with nutrition, I don't track my calories at all anymore, but I follow like some really simple processes and rules with my calories. So 
every time that I eat a meal, I just try to get 50 grams of protein in. So anytime that I'm having a meal, I have a standard 50 grams of protein. And then once I hit my protein targets for the day, I just kind of backfill off that with whatever I feel like having. But I still try to make sure that we have some carbohydrates around the training and dinner. We have some vegetables, all this kind of stuff. They're just basic guidelines I follow. So we're not following a diet. We're not having to go uh, spend loads of time worrying about our nutrition. It's just systemized, you know, and it just lets you get a lot more done and still keep those higher standards. Love that. So you've got systems for your day-to-day life yeah literally everything i suppose that's what kind of pushed me into the systems business but um every single thing that um that goes on during the day there's like a process or a system or a way to, for me to automate as much as possible and how often do your systems break in your own life with managing everything um i'd like to say never but uh that's not true uh sometimes they don't break but you gotta rework them because um sometimes life with kids it's uh it's ever changing about what you're doing on days women get sick it's a little bit more difficult or the wife needs a hand doing this that and the other um so sometimes you have to change but when you're building systems for your life like let's say your daily routines but your work and stuff like that you know don't get too stressed if it doesn't go to plan like if even if it doesn't go quite to plan it's still better than you having no plan at all but do try to automate everything you know that you can I'm mm, like, do you ever feel like an element of like, I know that a lot of dads listen to this, they feel like parent guilt where they're maybe working, but the, the wee one downstairs and they want to go and spend time or they want to train, but then they don't or um they're not doing the night duty. I don't know. Like, yeah. Have you ever experienced that? And how do you find that? Yeah, 100% parent guilt is a is a real thing. You know, you'll be you'll be with the kids and you'll be doing stuff on the day and then it's not until they go to bed in the evening and finally sit down and relax. And then you see, let's say, one of their toys and then you're thinking, you're like, could I have done better today? Could I have been more attentive? Could I have really been present more? And, you know, you'll feel guilty for that kind of stuff. But, you know, for me, well, it, my situation is kind of unique. With my oldest son, I only have part-time access with him. Um, me and the and my partner at the time had split up, so I only had part-time access with him. So that kind of really taught me to kind of appreciate the time that you do have with your kids and kind of make the most of it. So anytime that um that my kids are around or anything like that, you know, really trying to be as present as possible during that time, it helps reduce any of that kind of parent guilt. But at the same time, you can't give you know, from a half empty glass, you got to take care of yourself too. The more you take care of yourself with like, you know, your health, your fitness, you know, the mental side of it, the more you're going to be able to provide and be there and support those around you. So I get that, you know, sometimes you'd be feeling that kind of parent guilt when you're working, but if you don't work, you can't do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there are trade-offs, but just trying to make sure that when you do have that time that you are as present as possible. And what would you say... Like, I definitely, I, I think from, like, obviously, I know you really well, Aaron, and, like, I have a really good, I have a really good relationship with each client, and I get to understand their schedule, and I get to understand how they do things, and from what I've seen from you is, it's like, you sprint, and then the times where you have, um, with your reruns, you completely chill out, and it, it probably makes you more productive doing that. Would that be the yeah. case? 
I, I think so. And making sure that you have, um, this was something that I really struggled with a lot at the start when we started working together was switching off because mm. I was always, always going, I just could not switch off, even like trying to fall asleep, still thinking about stuff and uh, trying to relax my mind. So it's like during those times when it is for work, you solely focus on work and you work as hard as you can during those times. But those times where you're supposed to be sitting down and having dinner with the family and relaxing, that that's all you're doing, you know, that you're not replying to any client messages or anything like that. It's just for that time. And actually having that scheduled in, like for me, every single day from six o'clock to eight o'clock, that is time with the family. Like there's nothing else going on during that time. I won't book any calls. I won't book any appointments, anything like that. So it's having that time laid out with clear uh, boundaries around that and then not moving them no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing a little bit of Warzone play. Yeah, you got, you, got, you got to pick some time for yourself. Then as well. I remember that. <laughs> um, what do you do when like things don't go to plan? Like, like say you are up in the middle of the night or say you're we want to sick like what do you do like how do you cope with that how do you like when your energy's all over the place or you're not feeling like it yeah luckily my wife is absolutely class with the baby she does absolutely everything she's she's so so good at it so even if he does, like sometimes he'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning thinking it's time to get up and he'll be there climbing around the bed and, and giving out and things. But, you know, she kind of manages that. But there are times, you know, that sleep will be affected from things like that. So you'll be waking up in the morning and, um, you know, you won't be feeling the best. But I think it's understanding that like there's some kind of non-negotiables every single day that you must do. So for me, it's like, you know, training, I train six days a week. It's a non-negotiable. It happens every time. And then having some different gears that you kind of shift in. So when everything is going well, that you feel perfect, you know, you're, you're in a higher gear, you're moving forward very fast. Then when something comes up that you're just changing gear, you're just dropping down a few to your non-negotiables. You're not just completely stopping it from, let's say from like a health and fitness aspect with the training and nutrition, if everything is going perfect, you feel great. You know, you're going to be tracking your calories. You're going to be doing a few sessions per week. You're going to be moving forward. Then something happens in your personal life or work life that gets in the way. Instead of you just stopping all that, instead of tracking your calories, let's bring that down to like a habit-based approach where you have personal standards around your nutrition. Every meal must have a palm-sized portion of protein. You must eat veg in your dinner. You must drink two liters of water. You know, that takes zero time out of your day and you can still do it. Then with training, you could go right instead of six sessions a week, I'm going down to two or three sessions per week. So you still keep it moving forward, just not as fast while that busy period is happening. I love it. And what would you say, like, when you were a newborn dad and you were managing work, training, business, everything, like, what were the things that you weren't doing as effectively or how were you getting in your own way or how did you sabotage your points or like because i've seen like i even the last while i've seen you so on it so on top of things so in control such in a good mindset like space it's amazing but i'm sure at the start of fatherhood it wasn't like that so what were the mistakes and what would you sort of like how did you overcome them i think if, if I had to be honest about it, I think the biggest thing is having a routine in the house and having clear communication with your partner or whoever is in the house with you or anything like that, because I wouldn't be able to, to do all my work if my wife wasn't taking care of my son. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I can't take care of him half as good as she does. So like, you know, she does everything for him. So 
she takes care of him. I go do the work. And then we have set times during the day that we're all together. And we kind of stick to that routine. But if she needs help then, luckily I work from home. So she'll come in to me and then I can mind him for a while while she does stuff as well. But it's having those clear kind of rules around the house and clear communication that's going to let you kind of stay on it a bit more. And how often do you communicate about those sort of things? Like, what would what would be a good practice for another dad to to sort of communicate the unit with their partner or um other care? I think the way that we kind of managed it was we just kind of made a list, not very formally or anything. We were just chatting. We just kind of made a list of all the different things that kind of need to happen in the day. And then you know we just kind of said when it happens, who does what, all that kind of stuff, and then. We just kind of tried it and then it didn't work at all. And so then we said, right, that didn't work. Let's try the next thing. You know, you do that, I'll do this. And then after a while, you'll just, you'll just kind of find the natural flow. If you're just after having your, your first kid and everything's all over the place, don't worry. Completely normal. It's always like that. Uh, but it does get better. It does get easier. But having that um, kind of routine and structure that you do follow, like, you know, kids that do very, very well with structure and you know, I'm sure you find that out as well. Like, but those bottle times, those meal times for ourselves, all that kind of stuff, it becomes very rigid and we just stick to the schedule and just find that kind of works. It lets both of us still get stuff done, you know, that we need to get done. Mm, love that. And something that I've noticed about Aaron and how he operates, because he operates at such a good level, like managing currently i know you're um, in work and things within your business and then like training all those things but like one of the things that i noticed from you was that you have allocated like what is the maximum that i could do like and, and you said your 333 system but i remember you saying about i have got this amount of hours in a week and it's like you're actively like trying to and i know all the other guys on this will be in the same zone where you're trying to chase more growth in your career and it's like you're actively looking at right i have nine hours today that i can push forward or this amount in the week i can uh, i can dedicate this like you've you've worked out your capacity and you've also worked out like how what's those priorities how you can shift them over which is excellent like i think too many guys they just sort of set to-do lists but they overwhelm themselves of actually the energy and the time in those to-do lists and those plans which go off. And I've seen like over the years, like you've just got extremely in tune with what you can do. And I think like probably like at the start, I probably noticed that you were wanting to do that, but overwhelmed. But now because you've been doing that and iterating that and learning there's less sort of like overwhelm cycles. You're just there and on it. Like I'm sure you probably can't remember the last time where things got on top of you too much. You just were there. What would you, yeah, like that's just what I've noticed. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think it really, it really was because I was always wanting to do more. I was already wanting to, um, to work more and get more stuff done. And I did get myself overwhelmed. And then that led to me doing nothing because I was so overwhelmed. It was like, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis that kind of a way but now I think you had to go through that stage of kind of finding out what the maximum that you can do is just so you can identify when you are getting overwhelmed and you can kind of rein things back a bit and I kind of know that like each day I can work somewhere between 10 to 14 hours five to six days a week and still have time to do everything else I want to do still have time to be with the family and everything like that but 
I didn't find that out until I tried working like 16 hours a day. And I found out that that was too much. And then I kind of reined it back a bit. And then just making sure that I had everything automated as possible and having like a clear system on it. Like for some people, even their food shopping, like automate your food shop, you know, like that could be something that you do that's going to save you two, three hours a week. You know, just set it up, order the same stuff or whatever you want to do, but have it delivered to your house. Automating that is going to be so good. And then like stuff with like routines. I don't think you necessarily need these routines where you wake up in the morning and then you go like direct sunlight and then you go, I don't know, have a cold shower. Not about it. As soon as I wake up, I sit down on the couch with a coffee. I'm still in my pajamas, you know, but it's getting yourself set up for the day. Like within one hour waking up, I'm already deep into productive work. That's going to move the business forward. So like, don't fall for like, you need to have this perfect routine because when you have kids and stuff, it, it just doesn't work as well as you want it to work. Um, so yeah, don't get overwhelmed with the routines. Just find out what you can manage in the week and then try to optimize what you actually do in that time. Love that. And I, I hope that you can see like Aaron's level of thinking and process and systems is incredible. So I suppose on that, because that's what you're doing now for a lot of coaches, you're helping them with the automations, you're building systems and things like that. What is it you do? Like, what is it that you do? What's a typical sort of, um, what's a typical uh, project or journey? Like, what service do you typically do for them? Yeah, let's hear a little bit about what you're up to now. Yeah, so the business that I run is Systems for Coaches. And essentially what we do is we set up systems. Um, but we just try to set up systems that are going to help coaches save time, money, most importantly, energy, and then kind of elevate their service. And then it's basically just ripping apart their business and going, right, where is all your attention going? What kind of stuff can we automate that you don't actually need to be doing yourself? And I remember when I was a coach, there were lots of things that I hated doing that took me away from the actual coaching aspect. So it's trying to solve all these little problems. For example, when new clients are coming on board into a coaching program, most coaches send out all the information manually. And it takes them hours to give them the logins for the different apps, you know, give them all the resources, the documents that they need to get them to sign their coaching agreements, all this kind of stuff. It can be completely automated. As soon as the coach takes payments, they don't have to do anything yet. They just wait until the client has done all their steps that's sent out automatically. And then they get to do the program and the actual coaching. That's what most coaches got into the industry for to actually help people. And by doing all these kind of things in the, in the businesses, you know, it gives the coaches more time and most importantly, more energy back that they can put back into delivering better content to the clients and a better service to them and ultimately growing their business in the in the back end then. So it's setting up systems like that. And like a, a standard kind of project could look like is automating someone's onboarding, giving them like a client management dashboard where all their clients are visible in one place. You have all their data, all their check-in details. It tracks their client journey for them. It'll show them all their client milestones. That's completely automated. So they can just look at this quickly and go, right, this is what this client needs. This is what this client is struggling with. And then directly give the, the feedback to that client. So it lets them coach a lot more efficiently and handle a lot more clients without getting overwhelmed. And then, there's piles more systems you could set up, you know, with like smart check-in systems where it's going to give clients a better experience in their coaching program. That's one that we set up inside uh, Level Up was a smart check-in system where it's going to give them unique responses depending on where they are inside the program and what kind of things they're struggling with. And then, you know, from there, there's way more systems that you could set up in terms of like call booking systems and just 
giving wanna... the clients a better experience all the way through. Right. I want to ask, I'm going to throw something at you. Common objection that a coach will probably have that's maybe interested in listening. I don't want to add all these automations and systems because then I'll lose my personal touch. What would you say that? Yes. That is a common misconception that when you automate all this, you lose the personal touch. And like most coaches will, you know, they'll send out their onboarding stuff manually and they'll send them a PDF and they'll change the name on the PDF. Like, you know, do you think that that client doesn't know that you just changed the name? Do they, do you really think they thought you wrote a whole PDF for them? You know, that's, that's not what happens. But if you automate all this stuff, what it does is it frees up time for you, it frees up energy. So then if you actually care about having a personal touch with your clients, you have all that time and energy to go make your coaching that more personal and actually talk to them more and actually coach them personally more. A hundred percent. And like uh, the point I wanted to make was that like Aaron, like Aaron got incredible results when he was a coach. Like that was one thing I always sort of um, commended you on was like your level of results that you got as you were building these systems with your clients. Like they were losing 50, 60 pounds. These guys were getting in amazing shape so it was like you're obviously doing something right it's not like you are here's a program here's a portal log in week to week and they just go like you were still adding in a lot of personal touches calls all these things um around it i suppose like would you just say that these systems it gives you it allows you to place the attention in the better areas exactly like most coaches get into the industry because they, they're essentially looking more freedom in their job. They don't want to be in the office nine to five. And then they also want to have an impact. They want to help people. So they say, right, I'm going to be a coach. This is what I love. And then once they become a coach, they realize there's a lot more admin. There's a lot more marketing. There's a lot more client management that none of this is actually coaching. And then they end up sitting in their home office or on the couch or in a Starbucks somewhere from 10 o'clock to six o'clock. So they lost that freedom and still have to do the admin. So by implementing these systems, it gives you that time and that freedom back where everything is going to run properly. Even if you step out for a day or two, all of your clients are still taken care of. And it gives you that time then to be able to do the actual coaching, to put in those actual touch points with clients, to be able to do those calls, to be able to really take your time with the client check-ins and all that. You know, it gives you the freedom that you wanted and it also lets you make more of an impact with your clients. I'm going to throw one more misconception that a lot of people will have at you and sort of hear what your thoughts on it, right? Coaches got very busy, a lot of clients struggling to manage it. What do they do first, systems or team, and why? There's, I would think systems. I would say sort out your systems first because if your processes aren't dialed in in your business, if it's you know very lengthy, let's say if it takes you one hour to onboard a new client, you're then hiring somebody to do that one hour of work. So you're paying somebody for every hour that they do. And you obviously have to pay them less than it costs you. So you're losing some profit off your business as well because you're paying somebody for every hour. But the onboarding could be completely automated where nobody has to do it. It's automatically delivered to the client once payments is processed. So if you set up the systems first, you set it up once, it's done for you forever. You never have to hire a team on that point. And you know, you're keeping all the profits based off that then as well. And then from the bandwidth side as well, having a team isn't always 
the best thing because you have another person to manage them as well. So it is adding another job for you, even though you took away a job because you still have to check in with that team member. You still have to train that team member. If something goes wrong, you have to try to figure out why it's not working. You have to communicate more with that team member. So hiring a team isn't always the first thing. If you could automate first and then delegate after, that would probably be a better way. 100%. And I think like guys, like the, I'm not going to go too further in, um, but I think the thing you got to look at, what would the cost of the team be over the year compared to the cost of the system implemented? And there's going to be a massive... Like the biggest oh, thing. that's it. The team will be 10 times as much uh, based over the year because the systems are all one-off. You know, you set it up and then it's it's, it's done for you. It's, it's, it's done. And most coaching businesses, it's just about actually making some profit. Like, it's very hard for a coaching business to, to do that. So you do have to sort of make these decisions and these... um You have to make a very calculated decision on that. So, no, I love that. So last question, Aaron, that I want to ask you, right? These results that you've had, like you are extremely productive. You've got your life very systemized. You're doing very well. You're pushing your career. And I can, I can honestly say, and I don't give people compliments willy-nilly, like you're pushing the needle hard to try and really get your potential, both physically and then also professionally. You've got to this point, but if you had to like do all this again and get to this point, in half the amount of time, what would you do? So last 10 years, like how would you get to this point physically, mentally, professionally, in half the amount of time, what would you do? The first thing that I would do is, the, the very first thing I would do is perform like a time audit on myself. Like actually see what's going on inside the week. And you got to be really, really blunt with this as well. You can't just say, oh, well, I was doing that. Like get down to the minutes, how long it took you to do a task. It seems like a pain, but the data you're going to get from it at the end is going to be super valuable. Then when you look at the priorities that you have, you know, list them out, you know, priority one, two, three, four, five, and then block that into your calendar. Having that plan that you're going off every single week and knowing the priorities are in there, they're non-negotiables, you know, it's going to move the needle so much faster. Then after that, making sure that you're actually accountable for the areas that you need to be accountable for. Like I was a coach for, I was a coach for three years before I met Ben and I had also gone to college for five years. So nutritional and training knowledge was there, but I wasn't being accountable. It was hiring somebody to keep me accountable that made the difference so even if you know what to do having that accountability it doesn't have to be a coach at the start it could just be a friend that you're being accountable with but having somebody keeping you accountable is definitely going to help and then just consistently committing to the process so whether that's professional whether that's uh, physicals whatever it is but just making sure that you're being consistent with the process like with your time management and stuff like that, then you can start to use different softwares and, and stuff like if you look up Notion uh, or Trello or any of them, massive fans of them, and then just sync your Google Calendar and just be on point. The whole goal is that you want to know what you have to be doing at any point of the day to make sure that you're fulfilling all the things you need to do to match with your priorities. If you want to spend more time with the family, have it scheduled in, in your calendar. It's a non-negotiable. Don't book anything during that time. If anybody says, John, do this, no, I'm doing that. You know, just being really, really blunt and systemized with that. That is what I would do if I had to start again. Love it. Absolutely class. So, Aaron, 
for any of the coaches that are listening to this or even business owners, because I know that you can definitely help and give some form of input, where can they find you? Yeah, so the, the best place to catch me is just on Instagram. So just look up Aaron underscore systems for coaches. Even if you type in systems for coaches, I'm sure I'll pop up there. But you'll find me on Instagram there. There's always content going out solving problems for like automation and systems and stuff like that. And even if you just have some questions, even if you're not a coach, but you have a business and you're looking to kind of set up a system, you're not sure what it is, drop me a message. I can ask you a few questions and then figure out what exactly is going on. And then if you want to dive in deeper, we can do like a full on systems audit where we'll essentially like rip apart your business for the hour, see what's going on with delivery, onboarding, all this kind of stuff. And then we can put together a plan to, to see what you can do about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your journey, your insights, your habits, your systems. It's been incredible, mate. And from my side, like I just, I get so much fulfillment just seeing you grow from strength to strength from day one. Um, like I said, never were in a, a poor spot, but it's just, it's very rewarding seeing you just go from strength to strength, like month on month and continually push um, on all fronts. So massive respect to you. Thanks for having me, dude.